Well, welcome everyone to another episode of The Word. And today, Richard, is a continuation of our episodes that uh, we have been talking about a series of episodes uh, that we're going to be presenting over the next several weeks. Um, And it's got one subject in mind, the common enemy to us all. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to say that again, and I'll say it again in the next episode. But we're just confirming and uh, perpetuating our belief of current issues within our culture. We're also recognizing issues arising within our basic cultural beliefs. If we're not already aware of it, uh, we're going to recognize an unseen enemy which dwells with uh, among us and within us. And we, uh, by recognizing the enemy, we therefore uh, knowing how to deal and apply lessons to our everyday life. Because if we know who our enemy is, we know how to fight back. Yes. Right? Yes. And then we're going to bring about several thought-provoking subjects that need to be exposed to the light, uh, which are in darkness right now, uh, like suffering, evil, and Satan. So anyway, today's word is going to be suffering. And I wanted to give a definition of that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that we put the word in perspective, but suffering is distress, misery, agony, meaning the state of being in great trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, Distress implies an external and and usually temporary cause of great physical or mental strain and stress. Uh, Like, for instance, the hurricane put everyone in great distress. Yes. You know, suffering implies conscious endurance of pain or distress, like the suffering of famine victims. Mm. Mm-hmm. Misery stresses the unhappiness attending, especially sickness, poverty, or loss, like the homeless live with misery every day. Yes. And agony uh, suggests pain too intense to be born, like in agony over the death of their child. Okay, So this all, just put it into one word, is suffering. Big category with many different faces. Yeah, different levels or, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to do just like we did in the last episode. We're going to talk about uh, a Pew survey done, an article, where few Americans... Now, amongst all the suffering that's going on, Mm -hmm. few Americans blame God or say faith has been shaken amid the pandemic or other tragedies. And I'm going to put up on the screen uh, where this Pew survey can be found. So if you want to go back and research it a little bit and look at the bottom lines. But um, I'm just going to kind of go through the survey and we'll kind of exploit it and ask questions and kind of like how we did the last one. Alrighty. So, when people were asked to explain suffering, the majority of U.S. adults say that sometimes bad things just happen. Hmm, okay. Which I found interesting. This Uh, is their explanation for the suffering. It just happened. It just it just happens. There's okay. there's no reason, rhyme or reason for it. It it just you know, philosophers for centuries and theologians have attempted to answer a vexing question, 
if there is good in an all-powerful God, then why is there so much suffering yeah. and evil in the world? From the biblical book of Job to the 18th century uh, satirist Voltaire, the 20th century Christian writer C.S. Lewis, and the 1981 bestseller When Bad Things Happen to Good People, both great literature and popular culture repeatedly have tackled this problem of evil. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it, it is a subject that is difficult to attack but maybe through the survey, we can kind of find some answers, okay. you know, through what they've asked. So <laughs> when we were talking about some things, just bad things just happen, yeah. U.S. adults, um, you know, 44% say very well. These are U.S. adults say very well. And 42% say somewhat well that sometimes bad things just happen. Mm -hmm. Then you have suffering is mostly a consequence of people's own actions. 22% believe that, 49% no. Suffering is mostly a result of the way society is structured. 19% believe very well that that's the reason. 50% say somewhat well. And to provide an opportunity for people to come out stronger. So you've always heard in the secular world, well, you know, you come out of the other side after you go through suffering, you're a stronger person for it because we persevere through it. And the Bible teaches that too. Yeah. So, you know. Like if you endure a time of suffering, you come out stronger. Yeah. Okay. You, you endure the suffering. <laughs> you persevere. makes us stronger. Strengthens our faith. Of course, if you're a believer. Mm -hmm. If you're in the secular world, it's just a you know, philosophy that that's the yeah, way it is. Words. It's a, an interruption of your peace there for a while. Right. Now, this survey was done in a way that, uh, you know, we took into account the global pandemic that had killed 5 million people in the world and recent natural disasters, including floods, hurricanes, wildfires. Against the backdrop of these events and others, most Americans say that they have spent some time in the past year thinking about big questions mm -hmm. like the meaning of life. Yes. Boy, that sounds like Solomon, huh? It does. In Ecclesiastes. Yeah. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> Whether there is any purpose to suffering and why bad things happen to people. Mm. Um, according to a new Pew Research survey, nearly a quarter of U.S. adults, 23%, say that they have mulled over these topics a lot. So during the pandemic, what else did people have to think about? Well, the you know. why question, why did this happen or where did it begin? There were a lot of uh, discussions about that all over the world. Yeah. And it still and, goes on. And there was little suffering and great suffering during the pandemic. Oh, you know, I actually performed a, a wedding ceremony for a lovely couple and within 30 days, uh, the husband had passed away from COVID. Yeah. So See, how, do, how do you deal with that? Yeah. How do you deal with that? It's so, terrible. Well, the survey gave respondents multiple opportunities to express their views on why terrible things happen, both in their own words mm -hmm. in response to an open-ended question and by reading through a list of possible explanations for suffering and indicating whether each statement describes their views very well. 
somewhat well, not too well, or not at all well. Those are the criteria. Okay. The answer to these questions were not mutually exclusive. Respondents could assent to more than one statement, and many did. So let's get into the crux of this mm -hmm. um, survey. Uh, oh, yeah, this, this is the good part of the survey. So for example, the vast majority of U.S. adults ascribe suffering at least partially to random chance, saying that the <laughs> phrase, sometimes bad things just happen, describes their views either very well or somewhat well. It's also quite common for Americans to feel that suffering does not happen in vain. More than half the U.S. adults, 61%, think that suffering exists to provide an opportunity for people to come out stronger. So that's an encouraging thought, you know, that we're going to suffer through things to come out on the other side better mm. off than what we are. That gives mm. us hope. Yes, uh, if, if I actually believed that my suffering would, would make me stronger, it'd make the suffering easier to endure. Um, if I think it, it just happens, then I'd be wanting to hurry and get it over with. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Many Americans lay some blame for the suffering that occurs in the world at the feet of individual and societal institutions. Mm -hmm. Roughly seven in 10 adults, 71%, say the following statement describes their views at least somewhat well. Mm -hmm. Suffering is, a mostly, is mostly a consequence of people's own actions. Oh, my. A similar share of adults, 69%, express support for the statement, suffering is mostly a result of the way society is structured. So we have cultural differences and society, you know, hierarchy and things like that that produce suffering. And I'm sure it all comes back to money, but here again, I don't want to read any more into the survey than, <clears throat> than what's here. So just to summarize, suffering is mostly a consequence of people's own actions. Right. And a pretty big group, that's what, 69%? 69%. Yeah. And then uh, suffering is mostly a result of the way society is structured. So they're attributing that to people and the way people are organized in society. Correct. That's where the suffering is derived from. Yeah. That's, the people cause yeah. that. Okay. You, all right, look at it like this. Our president of the United States, right? Yes. He inflicts suffering on us like <laughs> the open borders. I'll use that. That's a, that's a perfect topic of today. The yeah. open borders and millions, oh. literally millions of immigrants coming over the border. And they're shipping them off into Chicago and yeah. L.A. and uh, New York and Atlanta. And it's causing suffering of the existing Americans who are there. Their children mm -hmm. have to, you know, sacrifice their school and education. And, yeah. you know, it's a hardship on the, the shelters and yeah. you know, it's creating suffering. Yeah. So the actions of our political leaders, the actions of the people coming across the border, the actions of other world leaders, we 
experience suffering as a result of their decisions? Correct. And sometimes we experience suffering because of our own decisions. Right. Things we've done. Okay. Right. Yeah. For many people, views on suffering are connected to views about God. Yeah. Religious thinkers have long attempted to reconcile the idea of an all-powerful, all-knowing, and benevolent God as presented in the Abrahamic religious traditions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, with the existence of tremendous evil in the world. Mm -hmm. Skeptics, though, mm -hmm. like the 18th century British philosopher David Hume, mm -hmm. have argued that there is a logical contradiction while writers from St. Augustine to the 20th century American philosopher Alvin Plannings have offered various defenses such as that God has reasons for allowing evil that humans cannot understand mm -hmm. or that free will inevitably makes suffering and evil possible. Those sound like good conclusions. I think so. Yeah. I think so. The new survey finds that nearly 6 in 10 U.S. adults, 58%, say that they believe in God as described in the Bible. And an additional one-third, 32%, believe that there are some other higher power or spiritual forces in the universe. Hmm. The combined 9 in 10 Americans who believe in God or a higher power were asked a series of follow-up questions about the relationship between God and human suffering. Those who do not believe in God, our previous survey, right, mm -hmm. yes. of the nuns, yes. or any higher power, were not asked these questions. A large majority of U.S. adults, 80%, are believers who say that most of the suffering in the world comes from people rather than from God. Mm. Re relatedly, about seven in 10 say that in general, human beings are free to act in ways that go against the plans of God or higher power. Boy, I believe in that one. Yes, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, half of the U.S. adults also endorse the idea that God chooses not to stop the suffering in the world because it is part of a larger plan. Yes. We know that to be true, that God yeah. allows suffering to bring people to himself. It's not that he's sitting up there and pointing his finger and going, well, I want to hurt you and I want to hurt you today and you need to suffer just because. And There's a plan. And he is sovereign over all of it. Suffering. Uh, Paul talks about that. It's a Philippians 4, 12 and 13. He's, uh, he's saying, um, I... Uh, well, let's see. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound mm. everywhere and in all things. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. There you go. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. So, you know, we, we go through these uh, <laughs> periods of suffering. But instead of looking around, we need to look up and we need to ask, you know, and there's nothing wrong with asking God why. I mean, Job did that. Oh, Job asked about 70 questions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he didn't get a, uh, what you call a direct answer. No. God answered him with more questions. Right, right. <laughs> it's just Job was faithful. God knew his heart. Yeah. And even though the evil one, the devil, was taking him through all this pain and suffering, he never doubted God's faithfulness 
but he did question God as to why and he was wanting to understand and there's nothing wrong with asking that but we can't hmm. say that God's sitting up on his pedestal and saying yeah I want you to suffer and I want you it doesn't work like that God uses suffering for all kinds of reasons and there's a multitude of reasons that it happens I was I was just thinking about what Paul said there in Philippians 4 Apparently, Paul was just, he was just reconciled to sometimes there will be suffering and sometimes there won't be. Yes. And I just, I'm content either way. Yeah. You know, and that was Philippians 4, 13. And 4, 13. Uh, 4, 4, verse 12 and 13, yeah. Okay. I'll put that up on the screen. Okay. So, um, there among these key findings uh, from a new Pew Research survey of 6,485 U.S. adults conducted through ATP, American Trends Panel. Although the survey was conducted among Americans of all religious backgrounds, including Jews and Muslims, mm -hmm. Buddhists, Hindus, Mormons, and more, it did not obtain enough respondents from their smaller religious groups to report separately on their views. Mm -hmm. So the new survey also asked about the views of the afterlife finding that many Americans believe in an afterlife where suffering either ends entirely or continues in perpetuity. Perpet perpetuity. Per perpetuity, yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. that's what the Bible teaches that, you know, and it's scripture that all our tears will be wiped away and we'll no yes. longer suffer and things like that. So. Oh, that's in, in Revelation uh, 21 or 22. They're all... God will walk among us and wipe away all of our tears. From what I can understand, everything that brought tears, every, the cause of every suffering, that's wiped away also. Yeah. Now here's something else encouraging. Okay. I found this. Nearly three quarters of Americans believe in heaven. 73% oh. of those surveyed believe in heaven. 62% believe in hell. Hmm. The Protestant uh, faith believes 93% in heaven, 84% in hell. Evangelical, and I understand this one, 96% evangelical Protestants believe in heaven, 91% believe in hell. Well, that's the evangelical yeah. system, the way they're set up is okay. you either go to heaven or you're going to hell. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, that seems to be the majority view there, doesn't it? Uh, all U.S. adults. Yeah. 73% and 62% for heaven and hell. And I'll have this on the screen too, just so okay. people can look at it. But mainline mm -hmm. Protestant Christians, 88% believe in heaven, 89% believe in, uh, or 69% believe in hell. Mm -hmm. Historically black, 93% in heaven, Wow. 89% in hell. Catholics, 90% <laughs> heaven, 74% hell. Huh. And of course you have the unaffiliated men uh, and women. This, that was interesting that men uh, have less of a belief in heaven than women do. 68% compared to 78% of women. And then hell, 59% of men believe in hell compared to 65% of women. And it was interesting oh. that the younger generation, 18 to 49, yeah. there's fewer of them that believe in hell than the 50 plus. 
Oh, the older generations believe in, in heaven and hell and the younger generation. More believe. so, more yeah, so. a little more so. Not that they don't believe, but more so. Um, and then I love this because we talked about, you know, Democrats and Republicans earlier, yeah. that Republicans uh, lean more towards 85% uh, believe in heaven, 75% hell, but your Democrat lean more towards 64% in heaven mm. and 52% in hell. So the more liberals don't believe as much in heaven. Only 52% of the Democrat or the leaning Democrats believe in hell. Yeah. 75% of the Republicans believe in hell. Yeah. That's an interesting statistic, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So they have no fear of no. heaven nor hell. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Uh, so just to kind of go off on that, Americans who expressed belief in heaven and hell were asked several questions about what they think those places are like. The vast majority of those who believe in heaven, which is most U.S. adults, say they believe heaven is definitely or probably a place where people are free from suffering, are reunited with loved ones who died previously, can meet God and have perfectly healthy bodies. And about half of all Americans, most of those who believe in hell, view hell as a place where people experience psychological and physical suffering and become aware of the suffering they created in the world. A similar share uh, says that people in hell cannot have a relationship with God. Well, we know that we're separated from God if we're in hell and they're suffering yeah. constant non-stop um, anyways that was some interesting comments there those, um, we should do a, a, an episode on those heaven and hell you know yes yes good. we can do that okay. we can do that this next section I really found interesting about Catholics twice as likely as Protestants to say people who don't believe in God can go to heaven Oh, I did. Catholics say people who don't believe in God can go to heaven. They're twice as who don't as... believe in God can go to heaven. Wow, that's really I didn't know that. That's yeah. a sixty-eight percent of the Catholics believe that people who don't believe in God can go to heaven. Yeah, you know there. I'll put that chart up on the. That's a good chart to put up there, but. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, I'm shocked at that, really, because yeah. uh, it seems surprising. It's not biblical. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, it's uh, I think of who made heaven and whose home it is. It's his kingdom, uh, the kingdom of heaven. And if you don't believe in him, mm -hmm. you're going to be. How would you get in there? You know, how would you get to heaven? Exactly. They're not going on biblical foundation yeah. now you wonder why there's so much confusion I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail too far okay. but you wonder why there's so much confusion out there mm -hmm. is just because of this this right here these yeah. charts are showing why people in the previous episode we talked about the nuns yes yeah. we can't even believe on what the Bible is saying we're oh. teaching separate doctrine we're picking and choosing and pulling yeah. out yeah there's a reason behind all that and we're going to talk about that in the next two episodes can't wait yeah but i'm just telling you this is fact mm -hmm. these research surveys now 
to go along with this last one, I'm going to put this next chart up on the screen as well too. Okay. But most Catholics, but not most Protestants, say some non-Christian religions can lead to eternal life in heaven. That is so unbiblical. John 14, 6, right? Yeah, yeah, John 14, 6. Let me just read that for our hearers here today. Okay, read because, it again. Because, yeah, it uh, needs to be said over yeah. and over. And I'm going to get out the old King James Version here. Oh, they're good. Uh, they're good. <laughs> uh, that is, I mean, you can read it in, in many translations, but the, the, way, the, the speaker is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now that would require, mm -hmm. number one, mm -hmm. that you believe in Jesus Christ, the yes. risen Messiah, yes. that he is the Messiah, that he was raised from the dead, and he's mm -hmm. seated at the right hand of God on the throne. Yeah. Now, you can believe that, but the problem with just, just believing mm -hmm. is that you end up with this right here. Yes. You lead into false doctrine. False assurance. In, in the, in, right, in the way that Jesus is the only way. If you don't have an experience and you've not created a relationship with him, mm -hmm. how can he say he knew you? Yeah, that's one of the criteria. He will absolutely say to people, depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah. And you might come back, well, but I was a, and you name your denomination, yeah. well, that's not going to carry any weight at all. Yeah. If he doesn't know you. Richard, if it'd be like me saying to you, well, Richard, I know you. Mm -hmm. And you go away and you go off to the other side of the country, okay? Mm -hmm. You yes. move to California. <laughs> yeah. I never call you. I never write you. I never FaceTime you. I never reach out to you in social media. Yeah. I have nothing to do with you. Right. And then 50 years later, I come to California to visit you. Yeah. And you go, well, who are you? I don't. I don't even remember. I don't know who you are. Yes. Yeah. It, it's. It's like, where was our relationship for those fifty years? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was no relationship. No. Christ no. is not a non-relational person. Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. is relational. He he formed relationships with his apostles. He formed relationships with the people around him, everyone that he contacted. And he said, believe in me, come unto me. You know, I am the only way to the Father is through me. Well, that's relational. Yes, it is. <clears throat> so how can you have eternal life without knowing the person that's on the other side waiting for you? No, the more that I think about this, there's such a high degree of deception in, in the yes. belief systems of people today. I mean, I'm, I'm contrasting what they believe with what this teaches. Right. And you can see a problem developing real quick. Exactly. So if you look at this, all Christians the, uh, can lead to eternal life in heaven. 
all Christians, uh, there's 8% that do not believe in heaven. And here again, I'll put the chart up there. Okay. You can read it for yourself. Wow. But when you go down to the Catholic faith, it's like 61% uh, you know, believe that you can you can there's many roads to heaven is yeah, that what they're saying yeah really it's what it boils down to thank you that's a wow. good way of expressing it yeah i hear that so, a lot yeah. but um it, it always makes me uh, uncomfortable it makes me cringe because jesus didn't really say that at all no he, he really took that option off the table yeah no uh, no and we can't we know we can't do it through good works we know that we can't do it through a priest or a pope they're not going to save us. No. Uh, you know, it's Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. That's the whole reason he comes to this world. Yeah. And everything hinges in believing on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Everything. And we can't, you know, it can't be disputed. I mean, you, how, I mean, I can't prove it physically today. But here again, it comes back to Hebrews 11. Well, well, you actually can prove it because you're a different person than you were. Well, yes, my test. <laughs> yes, my testimony, and it's written in Scripture. Yeah, is proof. But if you didn't want to go by what was written, yes, my testimony would allude yeah. to a risen Savior. I would, I would say, I talked with him this morning. He lives in me. Yeah. He guides me. He directs me. He was not in, in there before. Yeah. I mean, I remember life without Christ before I received him. Oh, yeah. And I know the last 26 years has been very different. Yeah. And I can't attribute that to anything I did. I welcomed Christ is all I did, and then he took over. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just other findings from the survey include, and I'm going to read this and then this should wind us up for this episode, but one-third of all U.S. adults say they believe in reincarnation. I hear that all the time, yeah. I do too. Yeah. The idea that people will be reborn again and again in this world, yes. unlike the pattern on uh, many religious beliefs, including belief in heaven and hell, Younger adults under the age of 50, okay, mm -hmm. are more likely than their elders to report holding this belief. Black and Hispanic adults also are more likely than white adults to say they believe in reincarnation. Now that was, that was kind of like, okay, that was news to me. That's a lot of people that believe that, isn't That's it? That's a, a lot of people. A larger share, 44%, express belief in fate. Fate. The idea that the course of their life is predetermined, including roughly two-thirds of black Americans who hold this view. Well, if you look at God's predestination plan, mm -hmm. then it has been already predetermined. But, you know, we can't see any further mm -hmm. than this in front of our face. We don't know what's going to happen in the next 30 minutes or hour or whatever. Yes, and it's true. by design yeah. that way. You know, so, uh, and then the last conclusion was more than eight in ten U.S. adults say they believe things can happen. Uh, believe things can happen that cannot be explained by science or natural causes. Mm -hmm. And in response to more specific questions, majority say it is possible to feel the presence of someone who has died, 
to receive a direct revelation from God. Now we're getting into the crystal ball and you know all that. To receive a definite answer to a prayer request and to have a near-death experience in which a person's spirit actually leaves their body. You know, I've heard testimonies to that effect, all of those. I've, I've had people say they came out of their body. Yeah. Uh, I've had people who sense a presence of someone who's died. I was preaching, well, I could go on about that, but that, <laughs> these, are, these are valid. People actually really believe these things, and, I, and I've talked oh, to people who I, do. I, I hear you, and yeah. it's amazing where they get things from. Yeah. I will bring a little scripture into this, okay? okay? Yeah. Uh, just to kind of wind things up, because we're down to our last few minutes. But Matthew 5.45, okay. Okay? it states, For he makes his sun shine... on good and bad people alike. And he sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous alike. Rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Hmm. God is fair to everyone in his judgment and in his beliefs. And he, he allows things to happen. It's what we do with it that wow. makes the difference, not to God, but to us. You know, God wants us to come to Him, but it's the choices that we make that make a difference in our life. Yeah, it sure is. A, he's kind enough to provide the sun and the rain right. for all of us, and even the evil or the good. It doesn't. He's not holding back. It's not. It's not like He doesn't give the evil sunshine. He lets them have sunshine and he lets them have right. rain. He right. lets the good have rain and sunshine. So he's, uh, he's given us freedom to choose in so many scenarios what we're gonna do. Right, hmm. right. And of course we talked about the book of Job and his suffering at the hand of, oh. you know. Um, <laughs> it, it's just the way it is. I mean, um, and, and here again, that Philippians 4, that you were talking about uh, with Paul being, uh, you know, he's content. Yeah, in, he's in just suffering. content in, in his suffering wherever you know if he's in plenty or if he's in less. Of course, he he had an encounter with the resurrected Christ. Yes. So that probably built his faith up uh, head and shoulders above the rest of us. He uh, absolutely he met the living Jesus, and Jesus gave him revelation directly. So the writings of Paul are right. coming from the Lord himself through Paul to us. Yeah. And I, I believe Paul. I believe what he says, you know. Yeah. I believe he's inspired by God to give us those writings. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, the next two episodes will probably be we've built the foundation. Yes. Now we're going to talk about what evil is. And then we're going to talk about the one that produces evil. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to these episodes, and we want to invite you to join us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, but if you haven't seen the first episode, The Nuns, go back and watch that. Watch this one, and then watch the next two after this, because they all, I believe, coincide with each other. Yeah. And they're telling a story uh, of our culture and our world today and there it's very relevant and so if you're looking for answers yeah um you know maybe you'll find some through god's word those pew research links will be in our 
you know, at the bottom on our uh, yes. posting Yes, I'll have those research links so All that right. people can go and, and view them themselves. So. Very good. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us, and uh, may God richly bless you.